Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Live from Trackside, this is IMSA Radio. In 1958, in the back end of 1958, the first professional road race held by the US Auto Club was held right here at Lime Rock Park. And this weekend, the spiritual successors, IMSA, are back with another big weekend. It's the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge and Tudor United Sports Car here this weekend on this bullring of a one and a half mile circuit in Connecticut. Seven corners and lap times for the prototypes later on at somewhere under 50 seconds. And it's all live here on IMSA Radio. The Continental Sports Car Challenge on IMSA Radio. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another live IMSA weekend across the a Radio Show Limited Network on RadioLamont.com and IMSA.com. Also uh, uh, on the IMSA app, of course. If you haven't downloaded that yet, make sure you do. Android on iOS uh, and for Windows as well. Get yourselves onto the uh, appropriate app store and make sure that you have that ready to go we are on the air for a little bit of bonus coverage uh, such a compressed weekend and uh, brian and tyler have done such a great job along with the guys from bsi in getting our equipment up and ready that we thought we'd bring you a bit of extra coverage of the first free practice sessions for the continental tire sports car challenge right in front of me now there's about a dozen or 15 uh, of the uh, GS cars sitting in front of me. The two Nissan Nismos looking particularly resplendent in what looks to be slightly different livery this weekend. A new, uh, slightly new livery with a little more grey uh, stripes on the side. Two stripes, not sergeants, but corporals this weekend for the 4-1 and the 1-4. The green flag is waving and the cars are heading out uh, onto the one and a half mile circuit. Uh, we'll bring in uh, Jeremy Shaw, if we may, down in the pit lane, uh, our Continental Tire pit lane reporter. Good morning, Jeremy. Good morning. Well, that worked then. It did, didn't it? And I can actually hear you and everything's perfectly clear and you're about, how far are you? Maybe 30 feet away from me now, but uh, I could yeah. tap you on the shoulder almost. Beautiful yeah, yeah. morning to go motor oh, racing here. Uh, what a wonderful place. I always enjoy coming to Lime Rock Park. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's got so much character here. It's a beautiful setting and, um, and it's a wonderful little racetrack. You know, everybody said, well, you know, it's only a mile and a half. How can that be a, a great racetrack? Well, it can be a great racetrack because because there is so much history here, because there is so much character, and because every corner on this racetrack is different, and it's a real challenge for the drivers. It's a wonderful place to come motor racing. Uh, more from Jeremy throughout the morning. Perfect weather as well. I should mention uh, it is absolutely gorgeous here at the moment and enthusiasts already gathering. I've just had the binoculars out, having a look at a very nice bright yellow uh, 
Boss Mustang that's parked over the far side of the track. No grandstands here. It's a natural terrain road circuit and people uh, available, uh, allowed to walk up onto the bank sides, which they are behind us looking through turns two, three and four uh, at the moment. Uh, if uh, Jeremy is our continental pit lane reporter, that must mean that Greg Kramer is sitting next to me, which he is over to my right. Good morning, Greg. Good morning, John, and good morning, everybody. And indeed, you are right. What a glorious day here. It's a great day for motor racing. Could not be any better, no. could it? Uh, pretty much not a breath of wind. Sunshine. It's going to be a warm one today, but at the moment, temperatures in the mid-20s Celsius. That's the uh, upper 60s to mid-70s Fahrenheit. And we've got the uh, GS cars out on the circuit at the moment on a Lime Rock Park Greg, that has changed a little bit since the last time I was here, albeit that was a couple of years ago. But the the race to 60, as it's been called here, the 60th anniversary of this uh, place that's full of history, it is um, all about just improving and gradually bringing this circuit forward without at all changing the layout of the track and the atmosphere of the track the character of the track exactly it remains intact no question about it but they have absolutely been doing some superb work in uh, re-terracing landscaping making some changes improving drainage uh, for this layout and what they've done i mean the the famous hillside here where it you just see that uh, that cadre, that throng of fans come out with their chairs and, and the like sit on the hill. Through, through some of the landscaping they've done, they've actually uh, increased that space just a little bit and yet managed to improve the runoff areas. They've got drainage improved. The A, the B paddock, they call it, the support paddock, now fully paved. Mm. I mean, for the teams, for the spectators, this facility is much improved and you couldn't really improve on the challenges of this track, that remains a And that B paddock, by the way, you could play snooker on it. It's so oh, smooth. It, it's, it's amazing. It is un <laughs> unbelievable. I was talking about a Mustang that was parked on the far side of the circuit earlier on, down in the uh, pit lane. Uh, Jeremy Shaw has wandered down to one of the uh, Mustang teams. Yes, at the uh, Racers Edge Motorsports here with Nick Galanti, who's uh, driving the number 78 car with Chris Beaufay. And uh, Nick, you've got a lot of experience with all sorts of different cars, and, but you're from the other coast like me. You're from California. It's a long way from home here. Yeah, it's a, it's a long journey out, but actually I grew up here in, uh, in Massachusetts, and I moved out to California in 99. So this is kind of like a second home for me. You've got a lot of family and friends coming down from Massachusetts to come cheer me on, and uh, looking forward to a good weekend. Yeah, and hopefully it's going to go better than, than at Canadian Time Mot at Motorsport Park a couple of weeks ago. You didn't get to start that race, Nick. What happened? Yeah, we were in a rush to learn that track, and I, I, I kind of kind of made a small mistake going into one there. Uh, turn one, is usually the, going into every turn one, every other racetrack in the country, there's a lot of downshifts, and uh, I managed to get one in there when I shouldn't have, and uh, unfortunately made a little mistake there, and uh, that, that won't be one I'll make again. It's, a, it's an amazing race. Was that your first time there, though? Yeah, that was my first time there. We were in a rush to kind of kind of learn that track, and I was looking forward to you know moving up in the moving up in the series and making a name for myself. But uh, we still got the rest of the season to do that, so really looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, we did. Of course, you're sharing the cars. We, we, the, the Racers Edge Motorsports Group, Racers Edge Motorsports Group runs as many as three cars. Just one this weekend, though. Yourself and Chris Beaufay, and he's out there now. He's going to do this whole 15-minute session. What's the some kind of the plan then to get ready for qualifying? Well. Yeah, you know, the focus is on Chris because we know he's going to be qualifying. So, um, and he's running the MX-5 Cup. So he's, 
this is his first time here uh, since he ran in Skip Barber uh, a couple years ago. So we're going to give the most of the focus on him. I've run here, uh, you know, plenty of times. So really, we got you know just the one car, and then the crew and the, everybody else is you know supporting supporting the whole qualifying effort. So it should be pretty good. Sounds good. Well, welcome back to your home home part of the world. It is a fabulous place to go motor racing. I hope you have a nice, clean weekend. Yeah, thanks for coming out. Appreciate it. Jeremy Shaw, our uh, pit lane reporter, continental pit lane reporter for this part of our broadcast. You're listening to IMSA Radio Live across the Radio Show Limited network on Radio Le Mans and IMSA Radio for this part. On a very busy weekend, of course, for sports car racing uh, around the world. Uh, including, of course, our exclusive coverage of the 24 Hours of Spa over on RadioLamont.com starting on Saturday, 3 o'clock UK time. But don't worry, you won't miss anything that's going on here. We'll continue to broadcast uh, through the IMSA sessions. Uh, I'm not seeing any times coming through for this at the, uh, at the moment uh, uh, on our timing screen. Um, but uh, the Rum Bum Racing Porsche credited with a 57-1 ahead of 57-4, the 46, uh, the 46 car in second position. And as I say that, uh, thank you very much to Timing and Scoring, who must be listening in. <laughs> thank you. And Scott Maxwell in the 15, uh, that is the Ford, the Shelby Ford, which had such a brilliant running at... Uh, Canadian Tire Motorsport Park recently third position ahead of Mark Wilkins in the eight in fourth and Kyle Marcelli's out in the eight zero the two of the Camaros then the 158 of Jed Buford that's the uh, the sister car if you will to Scott Maxwell the 15 and the 158 and whilst we're uh, whilst we're talking about those Shelby's let's go back down to Jeremy Shaw because uh, we had a good and a bad weekend for the guys at Multimatic uh, Motor Racing uh, in Canada. Uh, a win, but a very, very dented number one five car, Jeremy. Yes, it really was uh, uh, mixed emotions, wasn't it, for this team uh, two weeks ago at Canadian Time Motorsport Park? Because you, you put your car on pole position very handily, but unfortunately, just after Scott Maxwell uh, got in the wheel of the car, everything went wrong for this, for the number 15 team. Uh, with Billy Johnson here. Billy, tell us about that and what has happened since then so no the car was very badly damaged yeah unfortunately our brand new uh shelby gt350 rc was uh, written off by a back marker at uh, uh most sport but most sport is the home track of multimatic it's really close to home for everybody at uh, ford performance and ford in detroit so it was great to have both cars on the front row really awesome for the the 158 of uh jade buford and austin Sindrick to to get their first win and the the 350rc's uh first win so big congrats to them and uh i can't say enough about these multimatic guys they work so hard they never give up and they built a brand new car from scratch that car was destroyed written off completely at most sport they started with a brand new shell built us a brand new race car and uh it's here this weekend i I was just dumbfounded that they were able to get it together in that short of time, and I'm just uh, so honored to be a part of such a great organization. That is pretty remarkable. So this car's never, presumably never turned a wheel, or have they, have they had time to take it somewhere just to, to make sure everything points in the right direction? No, it's a brand new car, and it uh, looks like we've done about seven laps. So it has seven laps under its belt right now, <laughs> ever. Yeah, that's quite remarkable. Now, you've got, you've got a lot of history here. You've had big success here in the past at Lionwatt Park. 
the, uh, the, the if you look around the place, there's a lot of differences here over the years, Billy, but the uh, character of the track remains the same. Absolutely. Lime Rock, just the, the nature of the track, it's as close to a short track bull ring that uh, we get in road racing. So just the, the nature of the track being short always makes for a great argy-bargy racing, if, uh, if you uh, were to say it that way. And uh, just over the years, yes, I've had some uh, really good runs here, hopefully have uh, some more good runs tomorrow. But Skip Arbor's done a phenomenal job with this track, just developing it, refining it, and making it just a, a fantastic place for the fans and uh, race teams alike to just have a, a great race weekend. Yeah, I agree. I think this is one of the most fun places in the country. So, uh, Billy, thank you, uh, and uh, have a good, nice, clean weekend this summer. Thank you very much. Yes, clean and tidy. They'll be hoping for that, Greg. It was a brilliant run uh, from both of those cars in qualifying. The car clearly has a huge amount of pace. Uh, one or two of the, the competitors have raised an eyebrow at that. <laughs> it's early in its career and balance of performance still to be, uh, to be looked at a tiny bit, uh, I'm sure. Uh, on that and, and in fact 50 pounds has been added to that car for this weekend so that should drag them back a wee bit here but I mean well, whatever else we're race enthusiasts we're motorsport enthusiasts and having the Shelby name back on a Ford like that and back winning is great as far as I'm concerned I think absolutely it is and you know you think about it John shouldn't newer cars be a little quicker and that's kind of yeah. what you know some of the other competitors are saying that are driving cars that are a little bit longer in the tooth it's just a newer car is going to be better that new shelby mustang lots of developments including uh in the rear suspension that has made it a lot more effective but i like what you're saying about the shelby connection with the ford you know last year or two years ago the camaro became in this series the z28 again yeah that history yes coming back yes that continues uh, the one thing that all of these guys, whether it's the Z28 Camaro drivers, the Shelby Mustang drivers, are going to have to contend with, the, the, the fall line BMWs, is the pace of the rumbum Porsche here. This track seems to be a perfect fit for that car. In the last four years they've run here, three wins and a third for that car, and uh, they just seem to have it figured out. And as Billy was talking about, this is a mile and a half. He called it the bullring of road racing. That's a pretty Perfect. apt description. There's one left-hand turn. So a lot of the crew chiefs and drivers that have a little bit of oval racing experience, you flip the setting on it a little bit, and you dial in a lot of oval setup into the car. You throw away that one left-hander to get the car to work in all the right-handers. And these right-handers are fast commitment corners, not a lot of runoff. I mean, the climbing turn, west bend, the diving mm. turn. Three back-to-back -back superb, challenging corners with consequence. Yeah, the, the left-hander is effectively what becomes turn two and three, if you like, before you go out onto the, the back straight. It's kind of important, but the right-hander getting onto that short shoot uh, on the no-name straight is, is more important. I agree with you there. And we do see quite a lot of times, guys, I mean, the, the lap times already... Uh, for these guys, 57 seconds. Later on, we'll see some of the prototypes down in the... I'm, I'm thinking under 50 seconds for the prototype challenge cars in the Tudor United Sports Car Championship. Uh, the 13 car is out front. Uh, Hugh Plum is in the car. 58-2 last time around. Best of a 57-1 is the Porsche. The car to beat this weekend. Jeremy Shaw will ask that question of Matt Plum. Indeed, we will find out very shortly, but certainly this car has had a lot of success here in the past. You've won three times here, Matt Plum, in the last four years. Yeah, you know, we've been very successful, and 
I think if, if uh, you were to ask why, I think first of all our team is, is top notch. We always seem to come off the truck in a good place setup wise. And we also, I've driven here quite a bit. You know, I worked here for four or five years with Skip Barber, and as, as anybody could say, would say, you coach something, you learn it. Uh, so the more you, uh, if, if you teach somebody something, you got to know it really well. So I know the place really well, as do a lot of these other guys. I know what the track likes and what it wants as far as setup. And like I said, we always have great equipment. Yeah, I mean, you're from the northeast, so it's a relatively home track for you. And certainly you started, presumably you started your career because you started out with the Skip Barber Racing School, uh, you know, as a, as a student. Uh, and you spent a lot of time here then, and then progressed to becoming an instructor. So when was it that you first started and, went, and raced here for the first time? I raced here for the first time in 1996. Back then they, they um, had a speed week. Skip offered this thing called a speed week where you do a three-day racing school and then you'd blend into the championship, which, which was ending here. It was the final race. And it turned out that my brother, Hugh, who's now my co-driver, was in the same race, same school. And I'll never forget coming down the straightaway, three wide with him on the inside, a couple other people and seeing my mother's and the start finish line with her hands over her eyes so we have a lot of great memories this sport is so mental and so when you can come to a place that you have great memories of and and um you know feels like home it gives you a good advantage it does doesn't it because familiarity and confidence uh, and you know just having the right mental approach to racing it's it's often overlooked but it is hugely important yeah i mean i've always said this sport is 98% mental and maybe a couple percent physical and uh you know everybody is trying to improve their mental game and and strengthen their their uh their focus because that really is what this sport is all about unbeknownst to uh, a lot of the fans you know Believe it or not, there are some race car drivers that are fairly smart. I don't know about that one. I think we'll leave that one uh, to, for dis up for discussion. What do you think, John? Fine till they get in a race car and put the helmets on, I've found. And I speak from my own experience. <laughs> we, all, we all talk a good game, and then it all goes horribly wrong uh, at times. Thank you, Jeremy Shaw down there uh, with Matt Plum of Rumbum Racing. They've got the fastest time at the moment, but only by, what, three tenths of a second. Although, having said that, on a 57-second lap percentage-wise, that's actually quite a big gap at the moment. And if you go back from that, Greg, from... Uh, Trent Hinman in second place in the 46 BMW, the IHG Rewards Club car. Then Scott Maxwell in the 15, the Shelby 350R. Then his teammate Jed Buf in the 58. They're all covered by just on a tenth of a second. And there's nearly three tenths between first and the rest of the field. So that's what we're talking about there in terms of the, uh, in terms of the gaps opening up quite early on here for the Porsche. Well, and one thing that Matt Plum has said about when they show up, when this Rumbum team shows up at this track, with Joe Vardy, his knowledge of that, you know, he's done some stock car racing setup, and he's also done a, a bit of driving. And Matt says, I think we oftentimes arrive just a tick ahead of everybody else because Joe gets a setup on the car. That really hooks here. And as Matt said, he's driven here a lot. He knows how to set this car up, what it likes. And they have a lot of, uh, of conversation before they even arrive, and it pays off. Now, folks, uh, there's been a development here, and I don't know whether the people 
you know, may have missed this because originally this weekend was going to have the standard ST standalone race and then the GS standalone race. A rather late decision, they've decided to combine them into one two-hour race with both GS and ST cars on the track at the same time. So the ST cars have now come out. They will get uh, the latter half of this session right now unto themselves. All the Grand Sport cars have ducked into the pits. The next session, which comes up pretty shortly on the heels of this will be everybody in the pool to get familiar with that level of traffic because they haven't raced a combined group here like that for a few years I don't think John uh, and this is not dissimilar to what we've seen here and in other places in the past for the American Le Mans series back in the day where you used to get the GT cars go out then they'd be joined by the prototypes everybody gets mixed in and then the prototypes would get a bit of time at the end I actually think it's a very very good idea because what you're doing here there's been no promoter test here there was no testing here yesterday for anybody it was a quiet day uh, on the track here yesterday and indeed at Wednesday when we were uh, here earlier on in the week that the this is the first time these guys have got to see the track as it stands there'll be some rookies here so getting them out within their own peer group before you add the traffic in give them a bit of confidence I think it's a brilliant idea because what you don't want to do as a rookie and I'll put my hand up here I haven't had to do this is learn a new track whilst you're constantly looking over your shoulder not just for faster people than you in your own category but much faster people than you in the next category up and this is not an easy place to pass it's another one of those momentum tracks if you get the great run through the downhill turn you can make the inside move into a big bend which is turns one and two essentially but it too does not have that heavy braking turn in it's a flow in corner and if you're not there it's not going to happen so you get as uh, as billy said in his interview with jeremy a little bit of argy bargy happens here and you're right when you're trying to learn a track uh, the last thing you want is somebody just coming slamming up the inside and and uh, all over you so this is a great idea and folks if you're planning on coming here and you haven't been here before and you're listening to us but you're going to be here later today or tomorrow make sure wherever you end up you stop for a while at the top of the climbing turn because the cars get uber light as they come over that oftentimes will might even lift a wheel and uh, they tend to uh, have those moments where the car just gets a little sideways. It's a, it's an awesome place to watch race cars. Jeremy Shaw is our Continental Tire pit lane reporter. And he, I think I heard you say you were with one of the, uh, the GT Academy drivers, Jeremy. Indeed so, yeah, making his debut in the championship this weekend in car number 41, Nicholas Hamann from, from Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin, actually. So uh, he'll be looking forward to the race in two weeks' time, most certainly. 21-year-old, won last year's GT Academy, and your very first time not only at Lime Rock Park, Nick, but also driving this race car. Yeah, it's a great experience. Everyone at Doran, Doran Racing has been really helpful in getting me Brad and BJ and Steve at the transition just because not only being like you said first time at this track but also first time in the car racing in this series so it's really a dream come true because it's just a testament to the gt academy program it is now you've been racing in europe this year in the Blancpain uh, series over there in a gt3 car so quite a difference to come down down let's say in terms of performance to this uh, 370z yeah i'd say even though you say down it's still i think just as much fun and just as much of a blast to drive because it's like gt3 cars are kind of where you point to this you kind of it's a little more finesse kind of to it and it's a lot more momentum so i really like it and, but you've done some racing over here in the past you did some some racing uh 
before you, you went to the GT Academy and into club racing, SCCA racing, but now this is your first professional race then in North America. Yeah, it's really a dream dream come true because when you race overseas, it's like you're in a different world pretty much, and then when you're, when you're back on your the home in the States racing, it's really just kind of puts puts it all in perspective again. It definitely brings a smile to your face. Particularly, you'll be how many races? What's the plan for you now this season? I'll run the rest of the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge Series. So I'm really looking forward to getting, especially next the next race out home at Road America will be really cool just to have family and friends. And and growing up there, you're like three years old and you get to kind of watch a lot of races. And then like two years ago when I got to watch Continental Tire at the at the circuit, it was really neat. And now to be participating in racing it is a dream come true. Yeah, very good indeed, Nick, and uh, thanks, thanks for talking to us, and uh, well done on your winning the Academy last year and getting this wonderful opportunity. Thank you very much, and thanks for having me talk. Have a good day. Thank you very much. One thing that uh, the, the Nismo Nissan GT Academy drivers are very good at this, they get a lot of, uh, of help with their, uh, with their media training, but they've still got to be able to drive the car, and they clearly can. The biggest problem he's going to have here is no ABS, and... Uh, I don't think any traction control on the what is effectively a GT4 version of the 370. I'll, I'll, I'll be advised on that. Maybe that's a question for, for later on in the weekend. But the GT3 car is very, very sophisticated nowadays with uh, very clever, um, very clever um, ABS effectively and very clever uh, traction control uh, as well. Jeremy? Actually, with uh, Kevin Doran here, and uh, the, the car, the uh, 370 they do have uh, ABS systems on the car, oh. but uh, but they don't have TC. But how, how's young Nick getting along here? He's the uh, first time on these cars, coming from a GT3 car. It's going to be quite an adjustment for him, Kevin. I guess it is a big adjustment. Um, maybe the biggest adjustment's Lime Rock. You know, it's probably the most uh, unique road course in the world. So um, he'll he'll need a few laps to get used to this place. Isn't it fun to come here, though? I've always loved this track. I don't know why, really. Uh, setting, maybe. Uh, I've won a lot of races here. That always helps. But, um, yeah, fantastic track and great crowd. Yeah, and your two cars last, uh, last time out two weeks ago uh, north of the border. It's kind of a good news, bad news thing there. I mean, the cars were fast, but uh, some, some bad luck, particularly with the, with the 14 car. Well, the Nissans are always fast. Since, since we've started this program, the car's been very competitive, and uh, we just dropped the ball two weeks ago and, and both cars had mechanical issues electronic issues really on both cars why do you say you dropped the ball though? why what why what happened well i mean uh i mean it's uh the, that's in our hands right the drivers did a great job the cars are great and uh we just didn't get the job done on preparation or uh we would have had a shot at you know a podium did you find out what the problem was then presumably we did on the 14 clearly and, and it was really kind of uh 36 years of racing and i've never seen it before it was pretty unique um no fault of anybody's. It's just one of those things. Um, I have to say the 41 car is a little bit of a mystery, though. But, you know, it's not good that when you when you don't know what it is, that's even worse. But, but the, what, what was happening? It was an electrical problem of some sort, but it, it was misfiring, wasn't it? Well, it was two different problems. The 14 misfired the entire race. Uh, one cylinder, cylinder six, was dead. Uh, ran for a lap and a half or two laps and then lost cylinder six. The, uh, the 41 car was more the mystery problem. It would come and go, and, and we have fly-by-wire, and the uh, the right-hand throttle body just gave up, you know. So um, not quite sure if it was a wiring problem or maybe that the, the uh, race in the rain prior had some uh, 
electronic effects. Uh, yes, lingering problems from the rain. But uh, condition, weather conditions this weekend look perfect. The cars are now refettled and ready to go, and you're in for a strong weekend, yes? Uh, we expect so, yeah. I'll drink to that. What do you think, John? Yeah. Um, do you know what, though? Isn't it refreshing, Greg, to hear somebody say, we dropped the ball? Yeah. You know, they're not pushing the, uh, not pushing the blame onto anyone else, not saying it, it was a component failure or issues. And, and frankly, you know and I know, because we've owned cars for many years, and as they get more electronically dependent, they get more electronically slightly temperamental. But try and find in an intermittent electrical fault on a street car or a race car, it's the worst thing in the world. It's the most difficult diagnose, you know, diagnostic issue you can come up with is trying to solve that, and especially one that gives you no indications anywhere. Like, And that's what it sounds like Kevin was saying was we don't know what happened on that one, and then the, the throttle body just gave up, but it's fly-by-wire. So how does that happen? And uh, that's the issue that, uh, you know, you're dealing with. And, you know, sometimes really the only fix is just replace it and hope that that does the trick. If you can't trace it, replace it. And yeah. uh, that's, that's really what it comes down to. But it's a frustrating issue because he was absolutely right. Those cars had huge potential there. I think they're going to have wickedly good potential here because this is a track where a lighter car with good momentum and good fuel economy, i.e. the Porsche 911, and those Nissans can really play a role because this isn't a big, a big grunt track. It's it's a momentum track, and once you get that speed, if you can keep it up through the corners, this is a place you can do well, and those lighter cars, I think, are, are really going to be players. The other thing is they're, they are light on the tires, and with a two-hour race, if you can get through without a, a tire stop, you might be able to work some tricky tactics in the pit lane let's go back down to the pit lane now jeremy shaw is our continental tire pit lane reporter for this first session bonus practice uh, bonus coverage rather of practice one of ct scc this weekend jeremy with the uh, christian shimjack who drives the alara racing master mx5 the uh, scholarship car after winning the mx5 couple a couple of years ago christian you kind of deferred your prize for a year to get ready for this 2015 season in the continental tire sports car challenge well, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's great to finally be here after deferring the scholarship. Uh, it took us a little while to get the team together and the car together and, uh, you know, just dot all the I's and cross the T's with Mazda. But I'm happy we waited because, you know, it's a, we're in a great car now. Uh, I think with a great team, it was a lot of capabilities and getting the car together and getting it fast. Uh, now we've got a driver for the rest of the season, so we're, we're, we're pretty happy. That's right. You've uh, Justin Piscatel, who's put this car on pole a couple of times already this season. He missed the last round with you. He drove it up for another team, but, but back now for the balance of the campaign. Now, you, yourself, Christian, you, you came up through the, uh, the uh, Skip Barber ranks. You raced in the Barber Dodge Pro Series, so you've done a couple of races here, but that was quite a while ago. Yeah, that was a long time ago, yeah. So it's hard. I, I think I kind of remember the way around here, but it's gonna, it's gonna, there's going to be a learning curve for sure to figure it out. Um, and also, yeah, the, the difference between the open wheel cars and the sports cars is, uh, is, a, is a pretty big difference. So, um, you know, but this is an exciting racetrack, and I'm really happy to be here. It's uh, such a, a nice venue and a uh, really, really exciting place to race, I think. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it is a fun place. And Justin's out in the car now in this session, and uh, you've, got, you've got to be looking strong here. The Masters presumably should be fairly well suited to this racetrack, so you're pretty confident of a good weekend, are you not? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. The Masters... They're, they excel in the corners. They're so extremely quick in the corners, it's unbelievable. So we're, uh, you know, we're, we're excited. We're, we're hoping for a podium at least. Uh, you know, we should be, uh, have a lot of pace on the other guys just because of our cornering ability, and there's not, not a lot of straightaways here. So, yeah, we're, we're looking pretty good. We're hoping for a strong finish. 
Now, what's the plan? You've got just a 15-minute session now, and then you've got a full uh, hour with, with all the cars out on the racetrack. Yeah, 15-minute session now, and actually, I think only another half hour uh, with both of us on there. So, yeah, very limited track time, so we're going to try and figure the car out really, really quickly, get the handling, uh, and, you know, and, and hope that hopefully get it right for the race, because we don't have a whole lot of time to figure it out. Have a good weekend. Thanks, Jeremy. Very much. Thanks. Take care. Jeremy Shaw is our continental tyre pit lane reporter. 40, 40 cars have set times. They're not all out there uh, at the moment, but in a minute and 10 seconds, there will be. Greg, let's have a look at the times. Yeah, first I want to say our campaign was successful. Piscatel <laughs> is in the car somewhere for the rest of the year. Yes. We've been after that for a bit. It's wonderful. Uh, this is an interesting little mix here, what we're seeing right now. Fastest in the ST category is Owen Trinkler in uh, the uh, Honda Civic SI from CRG Racing at a 59.694 second lap. Andrew Carbonell, uh, who, you know, on the heels of a uh, fabulous story here last year, I'm sure we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, coming in here with uh, Sergeant Liam Dwyer. Second quick, Eric Foss in the number 56 Porsche Cayman. Uh, from Murillo Racing sits third. Piscatel himself in that number 34. Alara Mazda MX-5 is fourth. And here's a story. Track knowledge plays a huge role here. The Riley Motorsports Mazda MX-5 of AJ and Jameson Riley, both from Stamford, Connecticut, are right now sitting in the fifth spot right now. Uh, that's the first time I've seen that car on a Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge grid, and they are doing a fabulous job. Uh, then it is Seth Thomas in the next level European, number 38 Porsche Cayman. Dylan Murcott in one of the RS1, Rensport 1 Porsche Caymans, the number 18. Uh, but, uh, Kevin Bame in the number 92 Hart Honda Civic SI, and as the checkered flag comes out, it uh, completing the top 10, I think it's David Murray in the number 64 TGM Motorsports BMW. So a good mix of manufacturers, and this checkered flag comes out. And the one thing you were talking about, John, with a two-hour race, and if you have... Uh, if you have the uh, the tire wear, what you can see here is oftentimes they'll just do left sides because those are the tires that take the pasting. That saves a huge That's chunk a of point. time. That is a good point. Check your flag then for the uh, two separate sessions. And uh, while we wait for the clock to get reset, in fact, our wonderful timing and scoring team have already done that. Let's head back down to Jeremy Short in the pit lane, who is getting the best of the weather uh, this morning, our Continental Tire pit lane reporter. He has got the right straw. I'm not sure whether it was the long, the short, or the medium, but Jeremy has got the uh, the right straw this morning. Uh, end of that session, everyone going out in a moment, and in fact, we've just had an off on the final corner, the diving turn by one of the Mazdas, just heading into the pits now as a pall of uh, dust hangs out uh, on the far side of the circuit and it's the five car I think that uh, is coming in with Chad McCumbie just uh, exploring the outer limits of the circuit you're listening to IMSA Radio uh, on the Radio Show Limited network at RadioLamont.com and IMSA.com as we've got the whole network together for this bonus coverage of Canadian of Canadian, I knew I'd do that. Did that? I, sw I swapped those round. It's a C uh. and a T for something tyre. I'm bound to get it wrong, aren't I? For Continental Tyre Sports Car Challenge Practice One. Bit of extra coverage for you this morning. Greg and me, John, in the booth with Jeremy down in the pit lane. And one or two of the cars, I think, just driving straight through. Yes, they are. To get ready to go out at the far side of the circuit to uh, wait for the green flag to come out again in a wee moment's time. Best of the ST zone, Trinkler in the 44 from Andrew Carbonell in the 26 and Eric Foss in the 56. Justin 
Piscatel uh, in the 34 and fourth position. Let's go back down to Jeremy in the pit lane. Uh, who did I say you say you had DJ Riley down there? Yes, I did, and uh, it's good to see uh, the two brothers back here, AJ and Jameson. They're from. Uh, from here in Connecticut, so your home track here, AJ, and good to see you back. Yes, uh, we're very happy to be back. We're glad to be back. It's been a while since we've been here, but uh, it's always great to be back at our home track. What have you been doing lately? You, you, you've sort of been in and out of various different series over the last few years and just doing the odd race here and there, it seems. Yeah, we're, uh, we're a smaller team, family run, so uh, father and mother running the team and my brother and I racing, so when we're not here racing, we're at home at our car dealership, Riley Mazda and Stanford Volvo, selling cars, so... Very cool. Now, you were supposed to be racing at Watkins Glen, what, about a month ago now, and you were there for practice sessions, but you didn't start the race. Tell us what happened and what you've had to do to the car since then. Yeah, unfortunately, we had, or I had an incident in the car during uh, qualifying at Watkins Glen, and uh, we tagged the, uh, the wall. So we had to repair the car, and we're back here for uh, Lime Rock, and we should do well this weekend. How bad was the damage then? Uh, just a little scratch on the front nose. <laughs> yeah, a little scratch, which meant you missed the race. So good to see you back here. Have a great weekend. Thank you very much. Oh, mm, little scratch. Is that what he's calling it? Um, <laughs> Ever the optimist, these racers. It was little enough that he didn't get to race, if I remember correctly. Just a, a quick run round with one of the safety vehicles, one of the Porsche IMSA safety vehicles, just to check the situation on the circuit before we release the cars for their next session. You're tuned to IMSA Radio live from Lime Rock Park with Jeremy Shaw in our Continental Tire pit lane reporter modes as Greg Kramer and me, John Hindorf, are in the booth. Just, I mean, we are right on the start-finish line. So if we have to be judges of fact, we can do that. We <laughs> uh, and uh, any amount of, uh, of currency will be accepted, of course. Absolutely. We can, we can be bought. Race officials can't be bought, but of course we can. We're not cheap. No, no. But we can be bought. <laughs> <laughs> only joking fellas uh, as we get everyone rolling out towards the end of the pit lane again to go racing I know it's a lot of people have got the windows down and the side nets up uh, it is quite warm and getting warmer now decent crowd already on this uh, first of only two days very compressed meeting here for Continental Tyres and the IMSA Tudor United Sports Car Championship Series the two major championships here for this weekend's and what is a picture-perfect morning? Uh, time just after half past 10 o'clock local. That's Eastern Daylight Time uh, here at Lime Rock Park, Connecticut, where we always get such a brilliant welcome from everybody. I've got to say, down in Lakeville, the nearest town, a couple of miles away, everybody aware that the races were on, all the local restaurants and hostelries making us very... Uh, very welcome earlier on this week, despite the fact that you wouldn't think this now, we had a torrential rainstorm on Tuesday evening that uh, took out quite a lot of uh, power in the downtown area of Lakeville, but the, uh, the spirit continued and uh, everyone was still working very hard to make sure that their patrons were fed and watered. So thank you to all the local hostelries for, uh, and restaurants for keeping us... Uh, well fed and watered and of course we've we've been we've been fueled up with Marion's uh, breakfast this morning 
uh, which Jeremy Shaw went to the complete wrong part of the track to try and find, <laughs> normally on the top of the track. And it's uh, he, down. Said it, he said it paid off with a fabulous tour of all the changes they've been making. Yeah, well, that, that's, that, so is, no, that is true. That was and, the bonus part of it. And still some to come. Uh, the, the bad weather earlier on this week, I think, appeared to one or two of the areas that are meant to be uh, to have some limestone uh, and viewing areas put down on it and unfortunately the bad weather put paid to that but still fantastic venue still got to be one of the most picturesque and great if you're here at the track uh, to be able to come here and to uh, have a look at the the racing Without you know, take your pictures, particularly without the intrusion of catch fencing, because up on the on the bank sides is fantastic. Yeah, right down over the top of it, there's there, you're back far enough, uh, and it is unobstructed because you you're sitting high enough. It uh, the the photos you get here, and I mean this is a track that that the professional photographers absolutely adore coming to, because uh, of the absolutely picturesque setting here. And I've often referred to this this place as the Beauty and the Beast, uh, mm. the beauty being where it's set. The beast being the challenges of this bullring track, and uh, it it just makes for some fabulous racing and great weekends. And the bonus for us here is generally this time of year. We've been here before where it's been brutally hot and humid, and it is delightfully temperate right now. Low humidity, slight breeze. I mean, just an absolutely fabulous day, and uh, it's going to be a busy one. And this is you know the format that they have here. It's the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge and the Tudor Sports Car Championship. That's it. And uh, it's just uh, we're switching back and forth. Um, and even so, with it being just a two-day event, as we've heard some of the drivers say, not a lot of track time before you have to hit the track for qualifying. No. And the Tudors drivers are going to experience the same thing. So uh, everybody absolutely on their toes here. And that doesn't, doesn't change when you get on the track by any means because, you know, this from the diving turn to Big Ben to turn one is a still relatively short piece of pavement. And if you're, you know, motoring through, oftentimes if you're in a faster car, you're going to be overtaking two, three cars uh, trying to get down into turn one. And from then on, it never abates. Uh, it's just a very, very busy place. And I was stunned when they were talking to, uh, uh, when Jeremy was talking to Billy, and it, we were just a few minutes into the session, and, and, they, and Jeremy said, so how much time have you had in this car? And Billy said, well, we've done, what, seven laps? That's it. Mm. But seven laps barely a in four minutes, yeah. you know, around here. It's just, it's, you know, they were talking about uh, what the potential pit windows would be for, you know, some of the uh, Conti cars. And they said, yeah, they ought to be able to go 60 laps before they stop. I mean, that puts it in perspective just how fast you go. And you have one issue here, John. Anything, any kind of a hiccup, you can go down a lap oh. so quick. Miss time your pit stop, and you do a green flag pit stop here, and everyone else gets it under yellow, you're going to lose two, maybe three laps. Absolutely. Uh, this is why we always talk about motor racing being a team sport. Here, you've got to be thinking all the time. The guys on the wall have got to be looking. They've got to be checking out the surroundings around the circuit to find out what is going on. And, uh, and then, basically making those tough calls and you can live and die by those around here you, oh, without you really this can. is one of the, the the greatest strategic challenges for an endurance race uh, for those exact reasons and the interesting thing is like you said you can live and die by them in the live part if you go down a lap if you read things well you can get that back and and be right back in the hunt but 
obviously it makes for uh, a lot more of a challenging day to uh, to do that. So you'll see teams that, you know, you're looking at the monitors going, ah, oh, they're two laps down. I don't see how this is going to happen. Suddenly they can be right back in it. But it's, it's through some awfully creative strategy, and, and the engineers and the, uh, and the strategists sitting on the box earn their keep this weekend. Uh, we're just getting word from race control. The five-minute flag has just gone up. So in five minutes, we'll have the combined group of Grand Sport and Street Tuner, GS and ST, Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge machines, out on track. You're listening to IMSA Radio. We're live. And uh, Jeremy Shaw is our Continental Tide Pit Lane reporter. Jeremy. Yeah, I'm down in the mini camp here. Yay. And uh, it's a very much a, a European-style racetrack here. So I think good to see uh, European-style cars here. Luis Pericarpi, who's put this team together for the uh, mini JCWs. Super little cars, Luis. You've had a... You've, got a long, you've been around this sport a long, long time. Originally from South America. Been over, how long have you been over here now? Uh, about 15, 19 years now. Yeah. Okay. He spent a lot of time. He was a, a crew chief in the in the champ car days, and uh, you put this team together. How have you put this team together? How did it come about? And uh, it's been a very steep learning curve. Two yeah. questions at once, Lewis. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I wanted to put a program together for years from our open wheel days, and uh, sports car was always kind of my love. I worked with minis back in the days in South America, and we ran we ran the classic mini. And, uh, you know, I was looking to go racing. Minnie was looking to go racing. We kind of came together, you know, one of those things. And uh, we had a late start. You know, we missed Daytona, uh, built the cars in a hurry. You saw us at Sebring. We showed up. We were really good straight out of the box, no testing whatsoever. We were in the mid-pack. And, I mean, I mean we, um, you know, second race, we had our first top ten right off the, bo- the box. And, um then uh, we had a we had a really good opportunity in Watkins Glen. We lost a car there, you know. The other car was running well. We had some uh, some issues that put us back, but we it showed our potential. It was really good in the wet, which we knew. You know, I was actually doing a rain dance because that's that's I knew th- I knew that was going to be our opportunity for a good result, and uh, and it showed. And um, you know, at Mossport we qualified seventh, so that's our fourth race in. We were running, fighting for uh, third place, I think it was, at that time. We got cut out. It was a big, long train of cars, wasn't it? It was fantastic. Yeah, we caught the the leading group. We were actually, I think, faster, but we were just buying our time and got cut out and somebody else's mistake, which is part of racing. You know, when you're running up front, you're running hard. So, you know, you can't get upset about it. We, our potential is there. It's running really good. Um, You know, after seeing the race results and who finished up front, those guys were running in the back. And so we knew that we had a chance of a podium spot there. And uh, everybody says that this track is our, our, our track to, to be. So I'm uh, excited. So just the one car, though, this weekend. But that back down to one, then. Yeah, one car. I mean, you know, the second car took a beating in Watkins Glen. And uh, uh, we decided to build a new car instead of fixing the, the one we crashed. We will fix the one that we crashed. But... Uh, it's almost ready. We almost had it here, but, you know, at the same time, you don't want to come to shake down a car at a racetrack, um, although we did it in Sebring, right, with brand-new cars. So um, it'll be there for uh, Road America, and uh, we're, we have all our efforts on this 37 car, and uh, we, we expect to be strong here. Yeah, two, uh, yeah and, and two interesting drivers. Zach Meyer, who's come across from the open wheel ranks. He's raced in the Pro Master particularly, and then... Uh, uh, in uh, Indy Lights as well, and Stephen Simpson, who's driven just about everything over the years. So two good guys here. Have, have either of them raced here before, though? Uh, neither one have raced here before. So, you know, 
that's the next uh, challenge is the, these guys to learn to track. Uh, the car will be there for them. Um, you know, sacks come from open wheel and fit right in with the team. We have a great chemistry, which, you know, it's really important. You know, the, the chemistry is probably what makes, makes us so strong. The cars are good straight out of, basically out of the dealership. We're running the car stock, stock engine, stock electronics, uh, super good car. I mean, that's the cool thing about this series, isn't it? I mean, we've got so many different cars out here, and as you say there, they're all running competitively as well. Yeah, I mean, actually, you know, uh, the cars uh, actually could be faster. So we... Uh, it's your job, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, we got to find a way to get faster, but, I mean, the car straight out of the dealership has been a rocket ship. So, I mean, that's why, obviously, our success so early on, I mean, you know, there's teams that have been here for a long time that don't run as well as we have so, so soon. So, and the chemistry is there, so I, I hope to continue to, to you know, work forward towards the front of the field like we have been. I mean, this is our fifth race ever. And, um, you know, it's a shame we don't have our second car here because we could have used uh, double data and, and help each other a little bit. But um, we got a really good group of engineers and the guys and the cars are awesome. And our drivers, I mean, Zach's done a fantastic job and Steven, Steven's a pro, so he'll, he'll go out now and you know, learn to track also. He's never been here before. He is actually driving the PC car for JDC, so he's got double duty. So um, I, I, I'm looking for a, a really good result here. Fantastic. That's Lewis Pericarpi, who's the team principal here at, uh, at the Mindy team. And uh, maybe I'll have a quick, quick chat here also with Zach Miles. Zach, sorry to interrupt you here. First time at Lime Rock Park. Yeah, it's a good track. I like it. The Mini uh, so far is going pretty good. How's the transition been, though, from open wheel? We've done a lot, a lot of open wheel racing, a lot of karting before that. How different is it to drive this sort of a car, though? Uh, it's a lot different, a lot more fun though because there's a lot uh, more cars on track and a lot more action and battling and just a lot, oh, it's more fun, it's different, it's a different animal. Well, and something you've never really come across before, all sorts of different characteristics to the different cars because you pretty much raced in kind of spec series over the years, whereas here we've got, what, a dozen different sorts of cars out there, so they all have their different strengths and weaknesses. Yeah, and this car you've got to be a, a little bit more calm. And, but at the same time, a little bit more aggressive and push it in the corners, but you don't have all that wing and downforce, so you've got to rely on the mechanical grip. So that's Zach Meyer here. He's driving the number 37 Mini along with Stephen Simpson. Thanks, Jeremy. Perfect timing as he has Jeremy in it as our continental tire pit lane reporter just managed to fill the gap there. As we probably can hear from the noise behind us, we've gone back to green for this. Uh, what is now the second Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge practice session for 28 minutes. It's everybody out on the circuit together. So two 15-minute sessions that you've just heard, one for GS and one for ST. The Grand Sport being the more powerful, bigger engine cars, ST being street tuner. Uh, the slightly less powerful and uh, less amount of cylinders as well in the cars. It really works well, this, Greg. We've said this before, but as we're waiting for times to come in, Bez revisiting this, that we have what is a proper multi-class racing opportunity here for drivers, but they're still all in saloon cars. But the performance difference is big enough for them to be able to get some uh, experience of doing multi-class racing. 
Well, absolutely, and and you you've got that uh, that strategy that you work through and you learn. You understand how to work traffic, whether you're in the faster overtaking car or the slower being overtaken car, and how you can use each scenario to your advantage. And I think that's important for people to to not forget is the drivers, the really good drivers in the ST cars here. They're not just getting out of the way, letting these GS cars come steaming through and perhaps hang them out to dry for one of their competitors in the ST class to go pounding through. They're reading their mirrors. They're looking at it going, if I let him through now, I can park that guy that's chasing me for three more corners and get a little bit of a break. That's why I call this this game of chess. Single class racing is high speed checkers. This is chess. All the pieces move at different speeds. You might even turn in differently if you're front drive versus rear drive. These little nuances that these drivers at the very top understand how to work. The interesting thing here, John, is one we talked about this track tough enough to pass on anyway. From the time you hit the brakes going into Big Bend until you come out of the right hander onto no name, these ST cars in the twisty bits can be every bit as quick as those heavier Grand Sport cars just because they're nimble. Now, the Grand Sport cars will often have a little bit more tire. That helps. But that weight ratio really keeps these ST cars very quick through the twisty stuff here, and it can just frustrate the Grand Sport guys. So one of the other things you hear here so many times, John, patience. Yeah. If you go stoving in there for something, you're going to stove in a corner of the car, and uh, you have to be very careful with that. And that's why... I say it's a good ground for people to learn their craft because being overtaken is important as learning how to overtake mm-hmm. when you're in a different speed of cars and being able to do that without ruining your own lap. Uh, early times coming in, the Rumbum Porsche once again a little bit quicker but uh, only for a moment as the number nine goes through. Now this is interesting, Lawson Aschenbach behind the wheel of the Stevenson Camaro 58-0 we saw a 57-1 by the Porsche earlier on in their session it is the Porsche in second with a 58-1 and a 58-1 also for BJ Zacharias in the first of the Nissans his team car the 4-1 the 41 of Stephen Doherty uh, with a 58-8 so those top three separated by less than a tenth of a second three quarters of a tenth and then a bit of a gap as people are getting up to speed. In ST, it's Eric Foss. Oh, well done, Eric. Sixth position overall at the moment from Chad McCombie in the number five Mazda, which took a little bit of a dusty ride on the exit of the final right-hander, the diving turn uh, at the end of their session. So those two a little bit further back down, but still under a minute for the best of the ST cars. So this is, you know, we're talking about these cars being... A little bit less in in the performance stakes, certainly in straight line speed, Greg, but their lap times, anything under 60 seconds round here, that's hauling. There's been some big old cars down the years that have struggled to get under a minute here. And that's this new automotive development and everything that's going on, and, and, and the streetcar performance now puts race car performance of a couple of decades ago to shame. It, and the it's tires. Impressive. And tires, that's... Yeah, absolutely. That's just ma- massive. I mean, that's why when you see, uh, you know, people in historic sports car racing, you know, a lot of drivers have said they waited a long time to get into HSR uh, style racing 
because the tires were so much grippier than what those cars and suspensions were designed for. They were collapsing them. Yes, yes. And they now have to refabricate that stuff out of completely new uh, components to withstand the grip of the tires. So that's a big thing. But I think you look at the Mosing, uh, it was Foss that set the time. Now, seventh, uh, the fastest ST car, seventh overall at that 59.4. That's what I'm talking about. This track, it's not so much about grunt as it is momentum and carrying speed through the corners. And these ST cars, you know, except for this long straight here, and, and and the no-name, it's about carrying speed through corners. And uh, so this is going to be an interesting blend to see. And, you know, you're absolutely right. What a great training ground for people that maybe want to move in, you know, to the Tudor Series and the like that want to do the long-distance, multi-class endurance racing. You learn your craft here. There's no question. And for those of you, and I'm sure there's many of you listening who have raced this in virtual reality, this circuit, I know that Forza uh, have just added... Lime Rock Park uh, to their current package and thanks to uh, Matt Hunter of the Online Racing Association, Tora, for reminding me about that. But uh, I have to say I've done many laps around here on various simulations and there is one good and bad thing about this. You mess up turn one, you've messed up your whole lap, but it only takes you 46 seconds to get back round <laughs> to start another one. Just uh, trying to work out actually um, where we are going in this not using the chicane on the back straight here uh, for those of you who know the circuit in the old ELMS days we would have been using the uphill chicane it is now the fast right-hander that's being used which I have to say is by far my favorite uh, iteration of this track but it is it does mean you have to be absolutely millimeter perfect and just underlining what Greg was saying about nimble cars the 1-5 Billy Johnson in the 350R was being monstered just a moment or two ago by BJ Zacharias in the 370Z Nissan 370Z for those of you in, in uh, Europe which is even on the faster parts of the circuit it's taken so much more momentum through the centre of the corners Greg that it is able to stay up with what you would say were quote unquote faster cars down the straight absolutely I mean you know if you've got the key, or excuse me, if you've got the speed in the corner, you don't have to accelerate as much out of the corner to get to your, you know, your terminal velocity if you can hit it, or just general speed. So a car that has to overslow for a corner that has more power and acceleration out can certainly be not as quick around a lap as a car that carries that speed through a corner. Now here's here's the rub, as they say. Once you get in traffic, if you're very much a momentum car and that momentum gets balked and yeah. you lose it, the best friend you have in traffic is horsepower and torque. I've said it a number of times. That's where the power car can make a difference. Well, even a, a, a normally aspirated car against a turbocharged car, yes. the difference between the, the fact that a turbo, even with the small turbos now, they take just a, a second, not like the old days where you had to press the throttle count to five and wait until <laughs> it, it how the guys drove those huge turbocharged, particularly GTP cars back in the day. I have got no idea. It was like the early days of digital photography where you pressed the shutter released and, and just kept trying to keep what you were trying to shoot in the, the viewfinder. You waited three seconds. How the guys drove that with the kind of lag that they were getting, it's not like that nowadays, clearly. But still, you just get a slightly more instant amount of power delivery on a normally aspirated car than you do on a turbo because if you've got a supercharger then it's uh, different altogether and uh, having driven a couple of supercharged cars um, I do like that visceral noise that 
see what the charges make. Uh, let's howl, he head down to the uh, pit lane and Jeremy Shaw. I'm at Freedom Autosport with uh, one of the uh, two summer, I think well, it's the youngest driver lineup in the field, uh, Devin Jones and Britt Casey Jr. I'm with Britt Casey Jr., just 17 years of age. Uh, you made uh, did three races last year in this series, and then uh, the only race you've done this year, Britt, uh, you very nearly won. Yeah, that was an exciting race, I mean, to say the least. You know, it was very successful from the beginning. I, I qualified third, and then Tom took over, and we were, I mean, we were leading by 20 seconds at one time, so uh, if it wasn't for those late race cautions, it might have turned out differently, but, you know, you can't look back at that, so. Oh, very little experience. What have you done before you came into the Continental Sports Car Challenge, just those three races last year? Well, uh, you know, go-karts mostly, and then I started doing club racing with SCCA uh, in Spec Miata, so I've never really strayed from Mazda. Uh, and then, yeah, just basically getting involved with these guys. You know, uh, winter of 20, 2013, or no, 2014, and uh, I haven't really looked back, so. <laughs> now, what's the plan for the future, then? plan is to run the rest of the season and hopefully make a career out of this stuff. <laughs> Very good, yes. Yeah, easier said than done, of course, isn't it? But uh, that, that race, you've never raced here though before at, at Limewell Park? Yeah, I just got out of the car for my first session. Uh, I ran 15 minutes. Uh, it's, it's cool because you can lay down so many laps in just 15 minutes. I mean, I think I did around like 12 laps or so. Um, so it's, it's easy to get track time here, uh, but I like it. It's, there's, you never get a break, so. So what's the goal going to this weekend? You had a second place finish at Mazda Race during the Goodness Saker. What do you think is a realistic goal for this weekend? Well, I know Devin's a shoe, so we'll see what he can do. Uh, I, I think what the plan is, is he's going to qualify. I'll take it to the end. We'll see how it, how it ends up. You've got your helmet down here. It says the Oscar Mike on it. We're, we're in the uh, sort of aviation language, so to speak, or, or military speak. What's Oscar Mike stand for, Britt? Right, so uh, Oscar Mike... Uh, it's basically military code for on the move. Uh, so as in we're, we're Oscar Mike, we're on the move, we're getting out of here. Well, in this case, Oscar Mike is is for disabled veterans who are basically the goal of this company is to get veterans on the move again through adaptive sports. And they sell a lot of sports where uh, I'm wearing one of their lifelines. So it's basically a bracelet, but made out of parachute tether. And they're a bunch of really great guys, and they're completely committed to helping veterans. So, uh, yeah, check them out. And that's what this whole Freedom Autosport team is all about as well, isn't it? Helping out the veterans. Exactly, yes. Uh, and it's a perfect fit for them, and they saw the match, and we saw the match, so we'll see if we can continue this. That sounds good. And of course, your teammate here is Liam Dwyer. I think he's just getting in the sister car, number 26 car. What sort of an inspiration is he? Because he won this race last year. Yep, he is, uh, he's a cool guy. I mean, he's been through a lot. He definitely is a hero in my mind more than any uh, athlete ever. So, uh, yeah, I definitely put military guys over everyone else. Very good. That's Brett Casey Jr. What do you think, guys? Not bad for 17, no? Oh, it just scares the living whatnots out of me, Jeremy, when we're here. How mature all of those, uh, that latest crop of young drivers are. In uh, ST at the moment, it's Jeff Mosing, who is leading the pack. Tenth position overall for... The Porsche, the 56 car, 59.4. In second place, Stephen McAleer is the only other ST car in this session under the minute, 59.955. From Christian Simchak uh, in the 34 in third position. Then Connor Bloom doing a good job in the 19. These are all on a minute dead. Uh, very little to choose between them. And the top six made up by the 36 and the 81. Bill Oberlin uh, out this weekend. 
yes, that Bill Oberlin able to uh, have a little bit of a play in the 21 car down in seventh position at the moment. And Bill loves this place. He does. He excels. I mean, he is just phenomenal around here and has been winning here in BMWs for longer than I can remember, actually. It's, it's an impressive stretch. And his teammate's no slouch either, a guy named John Edwards. Hmm. Uh, so, boy, talk about a, a potential uh, serious pairing in ST. But those two get a weekend off <laughs> from not driving in GTLM, and guess what? They turn up at a racetrack uh, driving a BMW. Funny how that works here. The, really? only, the only thing that, uh, that Bill may be ruining a little bit is in this weather, he, he might want to be out in his boat. That's, but one, one of his boats, one yeah. One of his boats. But uh, I think driving a BMW around Lime Rock trumps everything for Bill. Uh, half an hour it was. 15 minutes remain. We're halfway through the session. Robin Liddell at the wheel of the leading car on time at the moment, that being the number six of the uh, Stevenson Motorsport Group. And that is, of course, one of the beautifully turned out Camaros. His teammate Lawson Ashen back with the second. Best time is in the pits. 57-5 for Robin last time around on just his fifth lap out. He's got half a second on the field, which is head headed by his teammate. Then Matt Plum in the 13. That is the unmistakable Rum Bum Racing Porsche. You cannot confuse that car with anything else. Or the trailer, which is uh, down in the B paddock at the moment. Uh, they were having a bit of a cookout last night when we popped down to say hello. PJ Zacharias in fourth position in the first of the Nissans. Expect to see 14 and 41 at the sharp end of the field this weekend. Those 370Zs, great balance, very light on the tyres, very good attacking through the corners as we have a red flag on the circuit. There's a car off right about the exit of the right-hander onto No Name, and it, oh. it just pulled over and is stopped, and it's, it, you know, there's not a ton of runoff here anywhere, and uh, that's an area where if you, get a, if you get it a little wrong coming through the right-hander, you're going to get right into the back of that car, so they've elected to uh, It's Porsche Cayman. The, yeah, one of the Caymans. And that, he's just run out of road there, unless he's had a bit of a whoopsie in terms of a, a tank slapper. The rear brake light is still on, which would suggest the uh, driver still got electrical and perhaps even motive power. But he's being spoken to by the marshals, letting everyone go through the corner workers. And uh, we should say, right now, whilst we get a moment and it's relatively quiet, thank you very much indeed to our volunteer corner workers, marshals. Yes, Call them what you will. Uh, they do a great job, ladies and gentlemen. We salute you. Thank you for giving of your time. As the field streams in, we'll keep an eye on the recovery as the intervention Porsche is there. Gives us a chance to just review. Austin Sindrick in sixth, in fifth position, excuse me. We got down to there. Austin uh, having jumped into the 158. Jed Buford was uh, driving that earlier on today. And in fact, the two Multimatic Shelby GT 350Rs are together on the timing and scoring monitor. 158 and 15 in fifth and sixth position. 58, 7, 4, 4, 58, 8, 1, 7. So I would say that that new car, newly built car for the 15 after the very big accident at Canadian Town Motorsport Park, um, that's clearly been set up quite nicely. <laughs> no issues there. No, great repeatability, isn't it, mm -hmm. by the, uh, the Multimatic boys on the, on the build-up and uh, being able to, to basically affect the exact same setup on the car that they had on the 158 of Austin Sindrick, who was a huge story himself 
at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. That drive he put on to win that thing in the end and the pressure he had to survive was uh, special stuff indeed for such a talented young man. And you were, uh, you know, we were kind of laughing about how young and yet mature Britt Casey sounds. And we tend to forget, 17 years old, you probably already have 10 years of racing experience for these young kids now and uh, are put in those oppositions pretty calmly. And interestingly, remember, it was uh, the number 46, the uh, fall line BMW, two years ago, Trent Heinemann ended up putting that car in pole and at the time became the youngest pole winner ever in the history of the series in a year they went on to win a championship. So uh, a pretty special stuff when he was teamed with a guy named John Edwards. So, uh, Let's use this uh, cessation of hostilities to check in with our Continental Tire Pitlane reporter, Jeremy Shaw, who's enjoying the sunshine, I'm sure. I am indeed, actually. It's a beautiful day down here, and uh, I'm actually at Burton Racing here with uh, Terry Borchella and Bill Oblin. First of all, check with Terry, first of all. You're, you're doing the whole series this year. Uh, you've had some strong runs and some not-so-strong runs, but I know this is a place you enjoy racing at. Yeah, I always love coming to Lime Rock, and the fans are always great and real happy with uh, Skip Barber and the work and the money that he's put into the place. It looks really good. And uh, it's just a great weekend for us, bringing the second car on, especially that we can have John Edwards and Bill... Uh, Arberlin with us. Uh, the Trimtech's sponsorship helped a lot, and uh, our thoughts and prayers are with Joe. He wants to be racing with the team here shortly, which I think he will be, and uh, he's made that possible with Trimtech. So, uh, just a real fun weekend for our, our guys. A lot of work with the second car, but uh, hopefully put on a good show in the ST in the ST run. Yeah, I'm sure you will, then, because the car always runs here. You're, uh, I think your co-driver's up in the top, in the top dozen or so, isn't he? So Mike, Mike Lamaro's done a nice job uh, in the car so far this weekend. And this is this a tr- the track that should suit this car? Uh, you know, we, we always think that certain tracks are going to suit the car, but really it depends on the BOP and where the other cars are. You know what I mean? The Mazdas have been strong all year. The, uh, the Porsches are really strong, and they have been all year. The BMW is a great car. Uh, it does a lot of things really well, especially with braking, which is going to be a benefit here uh, for the passing that we'd have to do. And that's, that was our benefit at Canadian Motorsport Park as well. But uh, it's, it, we definitely have our challenges with, uh, with where the car is at with the BOP. And I know everybody has their own challenges, but uh, hopefully it'll be, be something that we can work with in the race. I'll drink to that. Thanks very much, Terry. Green flag, I believe, is out. Is it, John? And uh, meanwhile, with Bill Oberlin here, nice uh, quiet weekend off then, Bill. Yeah, had a nice weekend off, but uh, got the call to come in here and help out Burton Racing, which is a great team. I mean, I was with them last year in Atlanta. Loved the experience so much. Uh, when they called, I came running. And now it's John Edwards and I together. I mean, we race on the American uh, on the GTLM team together. So to be teamed up together, great fun. And maybe we can push this uh, BMW to the front. Yeah, because the car, you've won here in BMWs before many times. And it's a track. It's always a fun race, though, isn't it, here, Bill? Uh, yeah, it's, this is like, I call it the bull ring of car racing. I mean, we do one-minute laps. You've got the GS cars coming by. You're racing an ST car. You're doing your own race. They're squeezing it by. You're trying to shut it by the other guy uh it always makes for a lot of action everywhere the trick is uh in this race just make it to the end don't get in trouble with crashing into people you're gonna see a lot of cars bumping in rubbing and and just stay away from that and then race hard at the end how difficult is it to jump from a gtlm car to a much less sophisticated but nevertheless proper race car in this this stv mw 128i well uh you gotta oddly enough you have to relearn how to use a clutch which i never forgot i learned but you have to, we have paddle shift. And then when I ask to uh, put some wing in, well, we don't really have wing or downforce or diffusers or all these high-tech things we have. You have to go back to the basics. But 
I spent so many years of my career in these type of cars going back and forth that it's just rather than being uh, looking at it as a, a, a hard thing to do, it's a really fun thing to do. You get in this car, it's really nice to drive, simple. You got Jim Bell doing the adjustments now. The guys are here. Should be fun. Yeah, well, welcome back to ST. Thank you. I'm sure they're going to try to beat me up out there. Tell them not to be too rough, and uh, it'll be a fun race. He's got a target on his back now, hasn't he? He really <laughs> has. Thank you, Jeremy. Uh, never wasted time when uh, Bill Orbelin of the IHG Rewards Club sponsored driver for BMW is uh, is on the mic and you're right he loves his boats as well I remember doing a feature on him a few years ago for a TV show that we do in the uh, the UK and he had one with twin Ilmores which I think was something in the region of 1200 horsepower and he's given those up now because they're not powerful enough no. obviously uh, yeah well clearly um, you're listening to IMSA Radio. We're live with coverage of the Connacht Sports Car Challenge. A bit of bonus for you this morning uh, with a couple of practice sessions. Uh, thanks to our technical team here at the circuit, Tyler, Brian, and the guys down at PSI, and also back in the UK. Thanks to Becky for coming in a bit earlier so that uh, we could talk to the world here on the Radio Show Limited network across IMSA Radio and RadioLamont.com. Big weekend for us here with Continental Tyre and Tude United Sports Car coverage for you and of course we will be uh, casting our eyes towards the Ardennes on Saturday afternoon UK time but you won't miss anything because we'll split our services and continue with full live coverage of both events here on IMSA Radio and of course on RadioLeMond.com. Let's head straight back down to Jeremy Shaw for some more updates from the Berlin. Yeah, with the Paul Holton here, who drives one of the uh, Compass 360 racing Audis, new to the series this year, of course, the Audi uh, S3, isn't it? Yeah. Too, too, yeah, too many uh, numbers and letters to deal with. But Paul, uh, brand new car this season. Uh, coming along, you've had, a, you've had a couple of top ten finishes, running you know, about challenging at least now towards the top five, but you reckon this, just telling me this isn't a track perhaps that suits this car, at least not yet. Uh, yeah, so uh, we, our car, we're, we're still we're very much in the developmental process. This is a 100% developmental year for us. So some tracks are going to suit the car as it is, and some tracks aren't. Unfortunately, Lime Rock, Lime Rock not our track this weekend. Um, we're still really learning the electronics in this car and, and how certain things work and talk to each other. And they don't always like to talk to each other when we take one piece out or add another piece in. So um, we get at some funny stuff in the car. You'll go around the corner one time, and it just like, all of a sudden decides to stop and flip up on the nose and do, do weird stuff at times. It's, it's fun. It's awesome. I'm, I learn a lot doing this. Uh, you can develop a car. It's really fun at different tracks like this. And first time here at Lime Rock Park as well? Yes, it's my, my first time here. Um, it's, I, I like it. It's cool. It's the bull ring. I didn't, I never, even doing it on simulator watching videos, I didn't realize how small the actual track is. It's a lot of fun. There's no, there's no straightaway. There's, there's one, but it's... Yeah, but it hasn't got a name. There's, it's name, no name straight. Name, no name straight. It's, it's, it's really cool. You kind of like in this little hole in the mountains. It's, it's a nice little place. Yes, and all the corners here have got their own characteristics too, haven't they? Very different corners. There's not a single corner. There's no two corners you're like. There's only one left-hand corner, so that one's unique. You've got an uphill corner. You've got a downhill corner. You've got this big double apex bend, and then you've got a short little kink. And that, that none of them are the same. It's, it's awesome. John, I think he's enjoying himself. What do you think? I'm very envious. I, I am very envious. I've only ever been round here in. Uh, powerful streetcars, never uh, in any racing machinery, and that is a big hole uh, in my 
uh, experience uh, that I will have to fill at some stage before I shuffle off this mortal coil. Uh, five minutes to go, just under now, and this is the second practice session of three before we go qualifying in the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge here at Lime Rock, live on IMSA Radio with Greg Kramer, Jeremy Shaw and me, John Hindhoff. Still the 57.5 in this session. We've seen a 57.1 from the Rumbum Porsche. Uh, that was in the earlier session when they were not encumbered by the ST cars. So that's more, I think, what we'll see in qualifying. Maybe something even into the 56s, one might venture. The ST cars hovering around about the minute, the best of them just under a minute, 59-4 at the moment for Jeff Mosing. And again, maybe when they've got a clearer run in qualifying, Greg, we might see a, a tad quicker than that. I think that's entirely possible. And I think that, you know, that brings up a good point looking ahead to the race as well, John. We were talking about that incredible run that the uh, Rumbum team has had in the last four years here with the three wins and a third running by themselves in GS. They did not have the ST traffic out there. This race weekend is going to have all the cars in the track. And again, that's an opportunity. If that Porsche, if those Nissans lose that bit of momentum, the cars with the, uh, the power can maybe work that traffic a little bit more effectively. So it's going to make it, uh, I think, an even more interesting race than we've seen in the past for sure. Looking great at the top of the GS field as ever. Yeah. We've got two Camaros. We've got a Porsche, a Nissan, two of the Shelbys, and then the second Nissan in the top seven. Trent Hindman has the first, Hindman, excuse me, has the first of the BMWs in eighth position. So, you know, that's, that's pretty impressive that we've got the major manufacturers all uh, represented at the sharp end of the GS field, and it's a similar story. We'd expect the smaller, lighter cars to do uh, well around here, and indeed it is the Porsche Cayman of Jeff Morsing who holds sway at the moment from Christian Simshak in second place, and then one of the multitude of MX-5, Liam Dwyer now behind the wheel of the 26 car, a 59.8. So now we have got the top eight in ST, under a minute from just a couple of cars before. By the way, that's the massive stretch of 59.4 from Jeff Mosing to 59.9 for James Clear in the 84. Massive, huge, less than half a second for eight cars. Just this is going to be a dogfight, isn't oh, it? Oh, absolutely. And if we have a race that even approaches what we had in those last laps in ST oh. between Spencer Pompelli and Andrew Carbonell at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park, and this is a track that could deliver that. We've seen races begin, how close it is, how fierce it is around here. Oh, we have another car off. I think it's on the outside of Big Bend. Yeah, got a big bit of lockup from one of the Compass 360 Audis, and we have a red flag. And we're within a minute, I think, at the I end of the that, session. That'll so call that's, it. That's going to call it, isn't it? Uh, we'll see if we can get a definite for you uh, on the car that's caused the issue. So let me quickly give you some times as we wrap up the first two practice sessions for Canadian continental tyre sports car challenge that's another five dollars in my bed yeah. <laughs> i teed you up on that one that's my fault <laughs> i'm just hitting him with a large stick at the moment uh, it is the two stevenson camaros <laughs> at the moment six from nine uh, 57 five and 58 flat we did see a 57 one in the earlier session from the Porsche of Matt Plum, which sits in this session in third position this was 30 minutes of combined running uh, and as far as the 
next places we have Nissan, we have Ford, we have BMW. And then in the top 10 at 10, the first of the ST cars is a Porsche Cayman of Jeff Mosing, the 56, ahead of Christian Simchak and Liam Dwyer. And the top eight in ST separated by something on half a second. Quite a remarkable run uh, down through those times. And in fact, even if we go down to outside of that 59.4 so that's a minute point four uh, we get the top 12 Anthony Mantella oh no he's a GS car excuse me the top 15 in ST 13 in ST excuse me with Mike Lamara uh, in uh, 25th position are separated by a full second they're, they're all on the the second okay that's uh, that's that one wrapped up uh, in terms of our bonus coverage uh, we've got another practice session to come for see TSCC and then they're qualifying uh, and of course it will all be live here from Lime Rock Park on IMSA Radio This programme is a production of IMSA and Radio Show Limited. For more visit RadioLeMond.com